You are listening to Mining Stock Education. I'm Bill Powers, your host. Thanks for tuning in. Well, I have been at the Sprott Natural Resource 2019 Symposium, had the opportunity to speak with many people, commentators, fellow investors, CEOs, and management and directors of several companies. And in this episode, you are going to be hearing from some uranium companies that are here that the Sprott Group is investing in. Earlier this year, I featured one of those companies, Blue Sky Uranium Corporation. Uh, they, you're not going to hear from them in this episode, but you are going to hear from several of the uranium companies that the Sprott Group is investing in. And so without any further ado, let's jump right into it. I'm speaking now with Peter Dazzler. He is the president and CEO of Can Alaska Uranium. Peter, thanks for joining me, and please tell us about your company. Well, Bill, uh, we've been involved in uranium since 2004. This contrarian view to go out there and get in front of the market uh, came to us. Uh, we knew that there was opportunity to find more uranium, uh, and we got out and had a large land position in the Athabasca when the uranium market took off. That allowed us to do deals with uh, major overseas groups, uh, Mitsubishi, uh, it's a Mitsubishi's uh, Canadian arm, uh, MC Resources Limited put $16.8 million into one of our projects, which gave us uh, discovery potential that Cameco, the big uranium miner, came into two years ago and put another $5 million in and made a big discovery for us. So our aim, we're a prospect generator. We like the uranium space because it's very strategic, very political, and we have an area in Canada where we have very high-grade uranium mines that is in the lowest quartile for production. So when the uranium market moves, people come there to look for it. We've done a large amount of work on our properties. Uh, most of it has been funded by, as I said, uh, Japanese or, or even Korean money. And that's given us discoveries that have been sitting idle ever since uh, we saw the Fukushima uh, meltdown. We now see that times are changing. People are out there looking at uh, global warming, they understand far more about nuclear power. They understand about small nuclear reactors now. And so I see a uranium renaissance coming, but we've positioned ourselves to have discoveries in the forefront of that. That 5% uranium mineralization that was drilled on our property, we're out there today and through the next 60 days continuing to drill that target so that come September, October, we're in front of the market telling them that we've got more of this high-grade uranium mineralization that we can now start to market to other players or get our partner, Cameco, to step forward and do some more work on it. I like the business, political, strategic, uh, and it suits the prospect generator model well. We have lots of projects that take a lot of time to put together, and, uh, but we get the major players to come in and fest us. So we have a 45 million share company. We're trading for about uh, $12 million value today, uh, but we've reached as high as $40 million in the last two years. So we, we look for the multiples for our shareholders. Can our shareholders win by a capital gain? Oh, that's what we're aiming for. And will we do it in uranium? Well, we hope to do it in uranium, but we've also got our fingers in the electric, electric vehicle market with some very strategic uh, nickel projects uh, that we've just recently been drilling. So every project you do is a JV project? We set up our projects to do JVs. That's really what it's all about. We, we, we think that's the best way to preserve our shareholders' uh, um, value 
uh, because with Discovery uh, on a 10 or 11 million dollar company, when you're finding uh, a multi-billion dollar uranium deposit, you're going to get some return. We're strategically in the east side of the Athabasca Basin where all the infrastructure is, and so we expect to get larger valuations for, for uranium that we find in the ground. We've got a two or three year turnaround to do this, but we hope to give our shareholders value as we finish drilling here now and go on to next deals. And what's your company's relationship with Sprott? Sprott uh, has uh, seen what we're doing. Uh, they like our prospect uh, generator model. Uh, they like the target that we have in front of us right now. And so they uh, made a private placement into Canalaska in April, May, where Sprott and Sprott Associates now own 15% of the company. Uh, management owns just over 10% of the company at this stage. And, and we're, we believe that having this strategic alliance with a, a group of like-minded investors will get the most value when we sell these projects that we're discovering and, and moving forward. So the primary upside for potential investors would be through discovery then with your invest, investing in your company? Uh, the immediate one will be through discovery and that can be very large. Uh, but the longer term one is just for the general growth of the uranium and, uh, and uh, nickel markets. We have the ability to not only develop one project, but spin that project out into a new shell, a new company, and give our shareholders effectively a dividend as we are along. Uh, we've got 12 projects, and so I'm looking at those other projects as dividend builders for our shareholders. Um, multiple ways to, to cut up the pie. But the initial move here, I think you'll see with uh, drill results in the next 60 days. Peter, as we conclude, can you share uh, your, any website information or ticker symbols with the listeners? Uh, our website is uh, canalaska.com and uh, our Twitter is on uh, canalaska uh, at Twitter as well. So just the dialogue of those. But our trading symbol in the US is the OTCQB uh, and Charlie Victor Victor Uranium Fluoride, UF. CVVUF, that's us in the, in the US. And in Canada, it's Charlie Victor Victor, CVV. Thank you for joining me today, Peter. Thank you very much, Bill. I'm still reporting from the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium, and I'm enjoying this. I get to meet a lot of interesting and friendly people, and I'm sitting down now with one of them. His name is Craig Perry. He is the president, CEO, and director of ISO Energy. Craig, welcome to Mining Socket Education, and please tell us about your company. Hi, Bill. Thanks for having us on. So ISO Energy, we're a uranium explorer in the east in Athabasca, of course, the Athabasca Basin, the uh, world's home to the highest grade uranium deposits. Uh, we're a spin-out of NextGen Energy. I was a co-founder there of NextGen Energy back in 2011. We discovered our Arrow deposit in NextGen. Uh, set us something with a, a, a bit of a challenge. Uh, we had all these fantastic properties out in the eastern Athabasca that weren't getting the attention they deserved, so we decided to move those across into ISO. We staffed up ISO with some very good people from, uh, from other companies, including Steve Blower, our Vice President of Exploration. Steve was the Head of Exploration at Denison and led the team that discovered the Griffin part of the Wheeler River ore body. Uh, did all of that and we've been systematically putting our foot on as much of that highly prospective eastern Athabasca as you can and very pleased to report Bill that we've made a recent discovery in our hurricane deposit on our La Rock East property so we're drilling that out as we speak. And give us more information on that what type of grades and uh, what are the catalysts for that project? Sure so so we acquired that property off Cameco and that's you know another thing that sets ISO apart is that we've been able to do deals with some of the major companies at a time when no one else has been active. Uh, we acquired that property off Cameco in May last year, uh, commenced drilling in June. 
uh, closed the deal, announced the deal, commenced drilling in June so we and made our discovery in early July last year. So we went from acquiring the property to discovery within about six to eight weeks. Uh, so very tight timeline there. Ever since we've been drilling, we did a winter program last year, hit some good mineralisation. Uh, we just put out some results last Thursday. We drilled uh, seven metres at 5.4% uranium. That included two metres at 16% U308. So really, you sandstone know, hosted sandstone hosted that, that deposit. But spectacular grades, typical of those very high grade Athabasca deposits. So uh, we're eight holes into a 16 hole, 6,700 metre program. Uh, so I think you know investors can expect to see more news flow as we continue that program over the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. NextGen is your biggest shareholder. As I looked over your um, presentation here, tell us about the capital structure and some of your financial backers outside of NextGen. Sure. So we've only got 68, uh, 68 million shares out. Uh, we haven't been around that long, hence we've got a neat, tight structure there. Uh, NextGen sold those properties to us for stock. NextGen sits there at 53%. Very supportive shareholder, contributed significantly to every placement we've done, including uh, we did a $5.5 million bought deal last December, led by PI and uh, Cormark, uh, but NextGen put in $1.5 million of that. So having that fantastic support is, is a real boon and key thing for the company. And then beyond that, uh, management, uh, key institutional long-term shareholders equate to with next gens holding about 75 80 percent of the company so our free float very very tight and i guess you see whenever we put out good news or uranium prices rise our, our stock outperforms most other uranium juniors out there so it's a, a very good tight share structure on that and, front. and sprott is a shareholder i would assume sprott's a shareholder rick's been very supportive since last year since that discovery hole rick did very well out of next gen of course and Hence has uh, followed his money into ISO Energy as well, he tells us. Mm-hmm. So you have a, a discovery, you're drilling that out. Any other catalysts for the company that uh, investors should be aware of? Look, I think you, you know plenty of good news flow on, on that front from this drilling as, as we go. Uh, you know, that our objective there will be to drill out that deposit over the next year or two before we put out a resource. Beyond that, I think you know investors have to look to the broader uranium sector. We've seen a decision from the US government on Section 232 petition down there that clears the way for US utilities to commence buying in the spot market and, and, and long-term market as well. Uh, so you know I think we can start to see positive catalysts for uran- rising uranium prices. Uranium prices up about two dollars over the past week off the back of that decision so look out for more of those sort of external catalysts if you like and as that market starts to pick up you know ISO energy rarest of things the only junior with a recent high-grade discovery. Your website is isoenergy.ca. As we conclude, uh, where can investors find you on the stock exchanges? So we're on the TSXV and we're on the uh, OT, uh, OTX, uh, oh, sorry, OTC, QX, uh, with the ticker ISENF. Craig, it was great meeting you t- today and uh, thank you for coming on Mining Stock Education. Good on you. Thank you, Bill. Thanks for your time. I'm reporting from the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium. I have the pleasure of speaking with Scott Melby, the Executive Vice President of UEC, Uranium Energy Corp. And he has 35 years experience in senior roles with uranium majors. Scott, thanks for taking the time to speak with me. Tell us a little bit about your background and how you came to work with UEC. Well, thanks, Bill. It's great to be with you this morning. Um, I've been very uh, pleased to join uh, Amir and the UEC team about five years ago. 
Uh, most of my career has been spent running the marketing, global marketing and sales for three of the four largest uranium producers in the world. So to be able to take that experience and uh, take it to a more entrepreneurial level and, and building up UEC's uh, 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 potential in this uh, uranium market has really been exciting. So there's the Section 232 uh, in the Trump administration, their determination about is uranium strategic and should U.S. producers have a certain quota. We're not going to get into that right now with this brief interview, but how does that affect UEC and why should investors care? Well, Bill, that has been the overarching uh, catalyst in the uranium market, not just for the U.S. names, but global names as well because of the impact that, that it will have. It was largely misinterpreted when the President's report came out two weeks ago. Um, it said that the President would not move forward with tariffs or quotas, but he recommended that his cabinet uh, 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 secretaries all go away and come back in 90 days with a plan to reinvigorate the uranium market in the United States. Uh, that's very exciting for a producer like ourselves at UEC. We have uh, four permitted licensed projects in the states of Texas and Wyoming. Um, really, we're not constrained by any uh, permitting or, or licensing timelines. Uh, our production readiness is, is probably second to none in terms of our ability to ramp up to 4 million pounds of production within uh, months, not, not several years, as would, would normally be the case. Our capital requirements to do so are also uh, reasonable and the operating costs for those projects are in the first and second quartile globally. So we're very excited regardless of the outcome of the President's uh, working group. We're optimistic but uh, with or without uh, some positive news out of the U.S. government, we're well positioned for the uranium market going forward. You're not producing now but I understand you used to produce so do you feel confident with a proof of concept that yep. what you have is going to work? Well definitely. We we were probably ahead of the game. Uh, the, name, the name of the game today is for production to be shut in and preserve those assets in the ground for, for better market prices. As an unhedged producer, we were one of the first to do so, uh, but uh, you know that also conserves cash and focuses on, on production readiness. So uh, again, we're excited uh, for what that means for UEC being able to to uh, be a, one of the early uh, beneficiaries of the market price recovery. So you're not just an optionality play with pounds in the grounds. You're actually ready to produce cash when Absolutely. you want to. Yeah, we, uh, uh, again, our proof of concept at the Palangana mine uh, produced about $22 a pound cash cost. So uh, if you look at that on a global scale, you know, the incentive price for us to go back into production at, say, $45 a pound is not that different from big majors like Cameco Corporation uh, in their decision to restart. So uh, we feel like we're in good company uh, and actually have a lot easier restart than some of the projects uh, uh, in other jurisdictions. Talk about your support at the state and national level. I've heard Amir Anani, your president and CEO, uh, talk about Rick Perry, uh, who was the governor of Texas, where your projects are located. He's now the energy secretary. And then I'm looking here, Spencer Abraham is your uh, chairman and the board of directors, and he previously was the secretary of energy. Well, I can tell you having uh, Secretary Abraham on board uh, certainly gives us great insight into how the U.S. government works and also certainly access as well. And uh, just to give you an example, last week uh, we were in Washington, D.C. We met with nine of the 13 uh, agencies and departments that will be on this uh, working group task force. In many cases, we're uh, meeting with the top officials uh, in each of those agencies. So uh, we want to make sure that, that our message is loud and clear uh, with each one of those agencies as they re uh, report to the president uh, shortly and, and expect a decision back from President Trump. Uh, clearly a national security implication, the foreign uh, import penetration is uh, over 98 percent. 
Uh, uranium is 20% of our electricity generation, 50% of our carbon-free electricity, but it's also 100% of the fuel that runs the aircraft carriers and submarines that are the backbone of the U.S. defense posture. So we believe we're in a good process with the working group. Uh, we think the stocks were clearly oversold on the, on the announcement. I think uh, folks were expecting an immediate quarter tariff, but uh, I, would, uh, I would ask people to, to take a look at what the working group comes out with. I think there'll be meaningful policy coming out of that process. What's UEC's relationship with Sprott, and why are you uh, one of the key sponsors here at the conference? Well, Sprott has always been a great partner for us, uh, has, has always been invested in, in, uh, in our uh, projects and concept. I mean, I think the UEC uh, concept uh, where we basically built the company uh, down cycles in the commodity space, it sounds like Rick Rule talking here, but uh, <laughs> it's knowing that when there's a commodity down cycle, that's a wonderful opportunity to in, increase your asset base and, and increase your production readiness and be ready when, when prices cycle back up. So I think that philosophy fits really uh, well with, with Sprott and their investors. The company is Uranium Energy Corporation. I've been speaking with Scott Melby. I'm reporting from the Sprott Natural Resource Symposium and I'm touching base with some of the uranium juniors that Sprott invests in and I'm sitting down for the second time with Daniel Major of Goviex Uranium. If you're interested in uranium and haven't followed this podcast for a while, go back about two and a half years and I did an interview with Daniel regarding Africa as a mining jurisdiction because Goviex is located, their projects, in Africa. Daniel, welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you very much. You're a busy man as are many at this show, so let's just jump into it. Why yep. should an investor invest in Goviex Uranium? Uh, key point, really, if you're going to buy, you've got to believe the uranium story first. I mean, let's start with that. What makes us different from the others? We have two fully permitted projects. So if the uranium market is recovering, which we believe it is, then Goviex has the potential to go straight in production. We have first mover advantage. We've got big assets, um, low costs, management team that's done this before. So those are your key drivers. Is the company more than just an optionality play? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, you know, I, I show a chart when I give the presentation. All uranium companies will go up on the uranium price. The ones that make a difference are those that can provide a re-rate story. Mm -hmm. In the last cycle, that re-rate was all about being able to go into production. That's why you saw Paladin, why you saw Energy Fuels outperform everybody else in the last cycle because they went from being developers to being producers. So it is more than just an optionality play. This is Rick's conference, so I have to ask you a Rick real question. What are three things that keep you up at night about your projects and your company? The single biggest driver for me at the moment that I spend a lot of time thinking about is what can I do to bring the operating and capital costs down on this project? And it is happening at night for me. And that is it. Why? Because the lower and more efficient I can make the project, the quicker I can get it into production. And you're an engineer by trade, if I, I recall. I am an engineer by trade. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm a mining engineer, so I'm a jack of all trades. Uh, but that is our single, my single biggest driver, um, which is, okay, I have this first mover advantage, how do I play the joker to really make it happen? Uh, and that's what drives me. You're based in the UK. But I am based I, in the UK. As I yeah. said, your projects are in Africa, but you trade in Toronto and you're on the OTC markets as well. That is correct. Yeah. So how has your company, Uranium Company, been affected by the Section 232 fiasco in the States? Uh, not at all. Uh, I mean, look, you know, for, for anyone other than the US ones, we just went into a large holding pattern for a while while we waited for the process to, to unwind itself. Um, 
we've clearly had some degree of clarity, but not a lot. We now wait for this 90-day review, but I'm slightly, you know, confused by it insofar as uh, when the original Section 232 started, it was changed to become a wider nuclear industry review. So it kind of seems to me that the 90-day review is kind of doing what the original Section 232 did anyway. So we'll, we'll see where that plays out, uh, and there's nothing obvious to talk on that really at the moment. We'll wait for guidance. Many uranium speculators were disappointed with the results so far, as you know, and some of the U.S. uranium stocks sold off. With, with your company, what are some of the key catalysts that will really move the share price upcoming? The, the big key catalysts, we're a development company. So anything that relates to how we're going to develop that project. We've just done a deal with the Niger government, cleared away any outstanding debt was there. We've defined our relationship. It's a very strong relationship we have there. You know, it really highlights why Africa is such a great place to work, and particularly Niger. Um, the technical work that I'm doing now, that ability to to prove to investors and to the lenders to this project that we can substantially improve the economics. That is a big issue as well. And then obviously, you know, we're all hanging on to the metal itself. What can you tell us about the capital structure of the company? Um, at the moment, you're still sitting with a couple of large shareholders in there. You've got um, Cameco, you've got Ivanhoe, but the biggest one is still Denison. Management are holding about 12 to 13% um, of the block. We're well cashed up at the moment. We sort of get out of this year. Um, we have a loan out to Linkwood who are currently repaying their loan slowly but steady. It hasn't happened as fast as we originally planned, but we've just gone through a new agreement with them. Uh, they're slowly and steadily making repayments to that. It's not a bad thing because we're actually getting the interest on it as well. So it's actually nice money, 11.5% interest on the money that's out there. That's quite anti-dilutive in its own way. Mm -hmm. And how is your ability to raise capital? I mean, the last two years, how easily oh, we've, have you been we, able to raise we've capital? We've always raised what we've needed to do for the next, at least the next 12 months every time. We don't come out looking for massive capital raise. We don't, we're not a, we don't take an opportunistic price move on the share price. We literally sit down and say, right, what do we need? What are our targeted things to add value to the project? Right, let's get the money in that we need to do that. And we've achieved that all the time. Great, Daniel. As we conclude, please share the ticker symbols on the various stock exchanges that your company trades on. Yeah, it's a GXU um, for the TSXV, GVXXF okay. for the OTC. Right, thank you, Daniel. It's a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Mining Stock Education podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded investors. Visit us on the web at miningstockeducation.com for more resources on precious metals and natural resource investing. At our website, you can also sign up for our free newsletter for interview transcripts, stock picks, and more. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be considered personal legal or investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or any other product. We make every effort to be accurate, but the information presented is not to be considered infallible. It may contain errors and we offer no inferred or explicit warranty. If personal advice is needed, consult a qualified legal, tax, or investment professional. Do not base any investment decision on the information contained on miningstockeducation.com, our podcasts, or videos. Make sure you always conduct your own thorough due diligence before investing. Realize that we may hold equity positions in or be compensated by some of the companies we feature and therefore are biased and hold an obvious conflict of interest. For our full disclaimer, please visit our website.